0: Hello there, and thank you for uh, joining the Andrew Staple Show. As uh, you can tell by this, uh, the title, this is another uh, sermon. This is the fifth week in a row. Uh, Lord willing, I'll be able to continue doing these. Um, the Lord has put these messages on my heart, and uh, He put this one on my heart on Monday afternoon around 2 o'clock. And on Tuesday and Wednesday, I, I tried to switch it, like I usually do, because there was something else I wanted to speak on. And... Uh, God really burdened my heart on Friday to do this, so I spent part of Friday and Saturday working on it and um, you know this is a message that a lot of us have heard, especially if you've been in church uh, a lot and uh, I hope uh, hope you get something out of it and uh, if you haven't listened to any of the other sermons, I hope you'll go back and listen to those and uh, go back a little farther and you'll find my uh testimony podcast and if you haven't listened to that i I hope you would and um uh, so let's uh, let's start. Uh, as you can tell by the title, this message is called "Jesus Cares." And I wanted to do uh, a one-word title like for the last four sermons, but I decided this one this one stuck out a little bit better. So sometimes you have to change things up a bit. So this message is called "Jesus Cares." And if you have your Bibles with you, or you would like to follow along online, um, turn to uh, John chapter eight. John chapter eight. All right. As we see, Jesus went unto the Mount of Olives, and early in the morning he came again into the temple, and all the people came unto him, and he sat down and taught them. He had taught them the day before as well, and he got up early to go back to the temple, as we see, um, verse three. And the scribes and the Pharisees brought unto him a woman taken in adultery, and when they had set her in the and the, and when they had set her in the midst, they said unto him, Master, this woman has t- was taken in adultery in the very act. And they which heard it, being convicted by their own conscience, went out one by one, beginning with the eldest unto the last. And Jesus was left alone, and the woman standing in the midst. Verse 10. When Jesus had lifted up himself, he saw none but the woman, and he said unto her, Woman, where are those thine accusers? Hath no man condemned thee? She said, No man, Lord. And Jesus said unto her, Neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin no more. Dear Lord, I thank you for this day. I thank you for another day that I get to um, record a message for uh, who you want to hear it. Lord, I just pray that whoever you want to hear this will hear this. I pray that you will bless the reading of this. I pray that you will empty me of myself, Lord, and fill me with your spirit. Lord, please bind the devil. And Lord, please Please give me the words that you want spoken, and I just pray that, again, that the right people will hear this, and that it'll be a blessing to someone, and Lord, I just just pray that you will be with all the prayer requests that I mentioned last week, and I'll probably have a few more at the end, but Lord, I just pray that you'll help me, Lord, as I deliver this message. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay. We see again in verse 1 and verse 2 that Jesus got up early and he went to teach at the temple. But not only did he get up early that day to go to the temple, but because he went early that day, he went that day because he knew he was going to run into somebody, someone very important to him. See, so Jesus got up early to go to preach at the temple, yes, but also to meet someone. A person the person that he was going to meet is a person that the world looked down on then and would look down on now. A person that the religious crowd couldn't wait to judge. A person that Jesus loved. And a person that Jesus cared enough for that he was going to die soon for that person. Jesus cares. Back then... And even more now, we live in a, a heartless, cruel world, full of people that are full of hatred, full of anger, full of racists, a world full of bigots, a, door, a world full of people looking for trouble. A world that only cares about number one. Now look, not everybody is that way, but m- more people than not, sadly, and a lot of the religious crowd care more about themselves than anyone else. But you see, the religious crowd, the world, you and I, we care about certain people. Jesus cared about everybody. Jesus cared about you. He cares about, not only does he care about you, he cares about the one next to you. He cares about the one, your neighbor, your coworker, your your um, ex-best friend, you know, anybody. Jesus cares about the people who are in church every single Sunday, and He cares about the people who have never stepped foot in a church on Sunday. The same. He cares about them the same. He loves those who are good, and He loves those who are bad. He loves the man in the ditch as much as He loves the man in the in the mansion he loves the man in church as much as he loves the man in the jail he loves the one the, he loves the ones the world won't love the good and the bad he loves the white the, he loves the red the yellow the black the white all are precious in his sight Look at verse 3. We see, and the scribes and Pharisees brought unto him a woman. The scribes and the Pharisees, let me tell you a little bit about the scribes and the Pharisees. The Pharisees were the religious elite, the religious crowd. They had much control over the law back then. The scribes, they were the ones that recorded the scripture. And in Jesus' time, they like to bend the scripture around so it fits what they wanted, fit their agenda. Funny, that's how a lot of churches are these days. We can't wait to bend the Bible around to fit our needs. God help us. Then, like now, the religious group was very judgy. But here's the thing about the religious group back then, just like the religious group now. Being religious does not make you righteous. Okay? So, one moment. Verse 4. Let's finish verse 3. And the scribes and Pharisees brought unto him a woman, taken in adultery. And when they had set her in the midst, they said unto him, Master... This woman was taken in adultery in the very act. Hmm. A woman was taken in the act. Being taken in the act of a sin that back then was as bad as any sin you could commit. One of the big ten, one of the ten commandments. Thou shalt not commit adultery. An act that God never intended for a married person to do. Those people went looking for trouble, the scribes and the Pharisees, and they found her. They found the woman in the act of adultery and brought her into the middle of a crowd, into the middle of a group of people that Jesus was talking to, that he was teaching. By the way, let me ask you this. Where was the man? The woman wasn't committing adultery by herself. But we see the, the man was obviously left out of it. Makes you wonder, doesn't it? See, as we see how the group brought her, kidnapped her pretty much, and brought her into the group that Jesus was teaching, see, a lot of religious people like to make a scene. A lot of religious people like to make examples of other people. They didn't care about her act. They cared about setting Jesus up, really. Verse 6, or verse 5. Now Moses and the law commanded us that such should be stoned. But what sayest thou? They said to him, that this they said, tempting him, that they might have to accuse him. All right, see, if Jesus had freed the woman, he would be in trouble with the crowd. They, because the crowd knew what Moses had said, and that was the law that they followed. If he allowed them to kill her, he would have taken uh, the Roman authority away and used an authority that wasn't his. And then the Romans could have prosecuted him. See, see, they were after Jesus. And you, uh, if you're in a church where you're doing the right thing, and, and if you're the preacher or a worker there, and um, you're trying to do things a certain way, and the religious crowd doesn't like it, they will try to set you up. I have seen that. I have been a part of that, seeing that, sadly. All right, so they thought they could trap Jesus. So they kept on and on. Come on, Lord. I mean, come on, Jesus. Do something. Do something. In the Old Testament, it was said that an adulterer should be stoned for their sin. The ones... Sorry. You see, they wanted to set Jesus up and they wanted to stone her. They wanted to kill two birds with one stone, pretty much. They wanted to take care of Jesus and they wanted to uh, punish this woman. Not the man though, just the woman. <sighs> so here was the other thing though: with the ones that were going to stone her, they could not be um, part. They could not have taken part in the same sin. So if anybody, they could not pick up a stone. Yet it seemed like everybody there was picking up stones. The ones that are, so Jesus. I'm sorry, allergies. Um, I thought I was gonna sneeze there. The law said to kill her. Jesus, what are you gonna do? The crowd wanted to know. This crowd is like in many churches today, isn't it? We can't wait to 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 hurt people. A lot of churches can't wait to 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 point at your sin, but you know they don't like talking about their own. See, a lot of people carry a Bible, and a lot of people are able to quote every scripture, but that doesn't make them better than anyone. No, it doesn't make me knowing scripture, me going to church every week, me teaching, that doesn't make me any better than the person that's never been in church before. No, not in Jesus' eyes. Being saved longer than someone, or never committing what many call one of the big sins, doesn't make me any better, or doesn't make you any better than anybody else. Back to verse 4. They said unto him, Master, this woman was taken in the very act. This woman has been caught. Moses said we should stone her. What will you do, Jesus? Verse 6. Jesus stooped down, and his finger wrote on the ground, and he heard them not. This is the first time in Scripture that Jesus wrote anything. Just cool Bible fact. You might be able to stump people in trivia with that. Um, and the other thing you notice here, Jesus wasn't going to argue with these people. Oh, we could take a lesson from that, couldn't we? See, Jesus wasn't going to argue with people. He ignored the haters. He wasn't going to argue with foolish people. We, you know, Don't waste your time arguing with people that don't want to hear the truth. If you're going to argue, I've gotten to the point now where if somebody wants to argue scripture or someone wants to argue about the Bible being true, I just don't do it. Because there's nothing I could say that's going to make you understand. If you want to argue, there's plenty of other people online to argue with. You're not going to make me fall in that trap anymore if I can help it. The Lord knows I'll probably fall at some point, but I'm trying my best. So they kept on and on and on. So Jesus said in verse 7, so when they continued asking him, he lifted him up himself and said unto them, "He that was out, he that is without sin among you, let him cast a stone at her." Hmm. Perfect people, feel free to stone her. If you have your Bibles with you, turn with me to Romans three. Romans three twenty-three. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Mm. You can say you're not that bad. All have sinned. You can say I haven't committed the big sin. That's not what Jesus said. All have sinned. He who is without sin cast the first stone. It's getting hot. Um... For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Well, I haven't committed adultery. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. For Well, I haven't stolen anything. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. I haven't killed anybody. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. We like to put, we like to, this is what we like to do, especially as Christians. I see it in churches all the time. I see it online all the time for my fellow Christians. We like to put sins in lists. We like to say the adulterer, the murderer, the liar, the rapist, the thieves, the whoremonger, the homosexual, the spouse beater, the drunkard, the drug pusher, the evil man or woman, the person who does nothing but who wakes up every day looking to hurt someone. Those people, we all, we judge them in certain ways. We put this sin is above that sin. But you know what Jesus says? He looks at all those and says, sin. He doesn't put them in a he doesn't put them in their own separate category. No, he just says they're sin, and he says we are all sin. We've all anybody who is without sin can cast the first stone. How many churches today? How many people do you know right now who can't wait to pick up that stone and hurl at somebody? How many of you can't wait to when a celebrity falls to get online? Now I'm as guilty as anyone else in posting about them and 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 uh, making fun of them and. Belittling them Forgetting that it could easily be me Or it easily could be you That is brought into the crowd Or brought uh, To the attention of others To make it look bad God help us Jesus looks at the sinners You can't You can't cast a stone Because you were a sinner too Jesus cared Jesus t- So alright I have lost my place Alright We'll go back to seven. He is without sin among you cast the first stone. And again, he stooped down and wrote on the ground. And they which heard it, being convicted by their own conscience, went out one by one, beginning at the eldest, even unto the last. And Jesus was left alone with the woman standing in the midst. Okay, Jesus just in the crowd. Not only did the scribes and Pharisees leave, the rest of the crowd left too because they were convicted. See, when you preach the truth, sometimes the crowd dwindles. And we see in verse 9, it says, Beginning with the eldest. And you say, Well, why did the eldest leave first? Well, the eldest had committed more sins, more than likely. Been around longer, more days to commit sin. All right. um, So before you and I judge anyone, we must ask ourselves are we perfect? The Bible says, Judge not, lest you be judged. Trouble with a lot of churches is they are full of people who are ready to cast those stones, forgetting that they are sinners too. Some just as bad, some not quite as bad by the world standards, and some a lot worse than committing adultery. I've heard people say, being, I've heard people in churches say they would never cheat on their spouse. The correction for a lot of people, and this is going to sound mean. There are a lot of people who say that because no one would actually cheat with them. <laughs> I'm sorry. But it's true. You know, it's easy when nobody's hitting on you or nobody when there's no temptation to say that. But there are a lot of people who are tempted. There are a lot of people who are um uh how do I put this? There are people out there who try to seduce the married people just to get just to get some kind of cheap thrill. Alright, so and it is hot. I did not. <laughs> um, I'm actually outside recording this, if you're wondering. Um, so, okay, this story is a little hard, but I'm going to say it. I, my life has been affected by adultery. And I'll tell you why. Um, how. Uh, grew up in a church. Went there for about the first 12 years of my life. Loved the church. Loved my pastor. Loved uh, my friends. There were a lot of people there who were very kind to me and uh, were blessings to me. And I look back at, at them now, uh, 20 years ago, and I still think very highly and very favorable of those people. Um, sadly, a man in the church who was the youth director, um, him, he was married. And he and a married Sunday school teacher committed adultery. Well, they were both gone. Well, after a certain amount of time, the man came back, and the pastor wanted everybody to forgive him, and I totally, totally agree with that. Well, the pastor also said that the people who did committed stuff would not be allowed to do anything in the church but come to the church, sit there, listen to the sermons, and go home. Well, so this is why you got to be careful what you say, because people remember things. So that worked for a little while, and then the pastor went back on his word, and people got mad. And uh, my family and two other families left the church over that. Was that the right thing to do? Probably not. Um, if it was my decision, I probably wouldn't have left. But I was a 12-year-old kid, and my parents made the decision. I can't judge them for that. I'm just saying what I would do. And you know what? I probably left churches over um, far less important reasons, so I can't, I can't judge. Uh, that being said my parents were the only of the three families that left my parents were the only family that kept going to church so you had three families leave over um, what ended up being something to do with adultery and within less than 10 years the two other families that quit going to the church they weren't going to church anymore. And in one of the families, the man cheated on the wife. And in the other family, the wife ended up cheating on the husband. Yeah. So adultery was so bad that you leave your church over, yet you fall into the same thing. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. They were ready to stone that man at church. And now they should be stoned if they're going to go by that law Correct. God help us. God help us. Verse ten. When Jesus said, "When Jesus had lifted up himself and saw none but the woman, he said unto her, Woman, where are thine accusers? Hath no man condemned thee?" Jesus looks at her. If you if you notice, Jesus didn't look at her while the crowd was there. He waited for the the group to leave. You know, in church, if you've noticed it, when a big time... I can remember when the man that I mentioned walked back into church. It was on a Sunday night. And I can remember the oohs and the ahs and the anger. And the judgment just pouring out from people's faces. See, when a big time sinner comes into church, many can't wait to start judging. Mm-mm-mm. And it's funny. <laughs> when the woman was brought to Jesus, he didn't look at her. <laughs> the holiest man, the one that could have judged her, didn't look at her while the crowd was there. He waited until they were gone. <laughs> Why didn't Jesus speak while the crowd was there? He was waiting for the only person who would actually listen to him to be there alone. Jesus didn't have time to argue with the religious people And see, here's the thing. Jesus didn't care what the religious people thought. Unsaved and saved people alike need to remember that we don't need to worry about what the church thinks of you. We need to worry about what Jesus thinks of you, what God thinks of you. Bear with me. So here's the thing. I'm thinking as I do this, and like I said, sometimes I get things out of this that you may not get. You know, I'm thinking about some of my sins. I'm thinking about some of the things I've dealt with. I'm just so thankful that Jesus, man, mine. I didn't commit. I've never committed adultery, not physically, but I thought bad thoughts about married women before and every man uh, breathing probably has alright let me get back to my notes so you see if Jesus felt that way about this woman don't you know he feels the same way about you trouble today is that we trouble today is we don't keep our eyes on Jesus see the woman Jesus wanted the woman's eyes on him not on the preacher not on the teacher not on the deacon not on the self-righteous hypocrite that's sitting in the pew he wanted her eyes on him and that's the way we should be now we're going to see that she confessed to Jesus and I've, I've seen people say well wait a minute where do you get that at? that doesn't make any sense all right, this is going to, this, I remember when I first heard this, and it, it kind of floored me a little bit. Back to verse 10. When Jesus had lifted up himself and saw uh, none but the woman, he said unto her, woman, where are thine accusers? Hath no man condemned thee? She said, no man. In verse 11, she said, no man, Lord? <laughs> Lord? She knew who this man was. She knew this was Jesus. She knew this was the Son of God. She could have said, No, sir. She could have said, No man, sir. No man, man. No man, bro. No man, dude. No man, pastor. No man, teacher. No man, leader. No man, prophet. No man... What did she say? No man, Lord. She knew who this man was. Mm. Aren't you glad that Jesus looks at her that way? Don't you aren't you glad Jesus looks at you the same way? Jesus could have stoned her right there. And in the middle of your sin, Jesus could have stoned you right there. In the middle of my sin, Jesus could have stoned me right there. Aren't you glad? Just pick a sin. Aren't you glad if you're doing something bad at work that you don't get pulled out and put in front of the crowd and stoned by your co-workers? Aren't you glad when you've done something bad during the week that they don't pull you in front of a church on Sunday morning and stone you? I'm going to tell you about a story that broke my heart when I heard this. A church not too far from where I live. A number of years ago, two young ladies, two um, girls around 15, 16 years old, got pregnant. And when their families took the girls to talk to the pastor at the church, the pastor made the girls stand up in front of the congregation and ask forgiveness of their sins. <laughs> He who's, asked, he who's without sin cast the first stone. Let him cast the first stone at her. What gives a pastor a right? What gives a deacon a right? What gives a church council member a right to tell Anyone that they gotta get up front in front of a church and repent from them. That person doesn't owe me an apology. That person doesn't owe the pastor an apology. That person, those girls owned Jesus an apology. And we wonder why these days, why so many people, when they do something bad, they give up on church. I wonder why. Because they hear stories like this or they've seen stories like this. I mean, I don't know about you, but what if you're a teenage girl and you're sitting in that congregation and you see that, and then you think, you know what? I'm not gonna let that be me. I'm gonna go get this child aborted because I'm not gonna, I'm not going to uh, uh, be ashamed. I'm not gonna bring shame to my family. I'm not gonna see. See, this is the trouble with today's world. See, we want to make it all about us. We want to be those stone throwers. We forget what the Bible says. We forget what Jesus says. We forget that we are all. We have all sinned and come short of the glory of God. What right do we have to throw stones? What right does any pastor have to throw a stone? I'm not. Condi- I'm not saying what those girls did was right, but their only apology needed to be to Jesus, to God, not to me, not to you, not to the pastor, not to a church. Whew. Fired up. <laughs> he forgave us when we asked forgiveness, and he forgave this 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 woman, this adulterer, when she said, "Lord." See, here's the thing, a pastor can't save you, a member of a church, an elder of the church can't save you. Your family can't save you. Only Jesus can. Only Jesus can forgive you. Now, here's the thing. If you do something wrong to somebody, yes, you should try to make up for it. Yes, you should ask for their forgiveness. But here's the thing. If they don't want to forgive you, you did what you were supposed to do. You ask God for forgiveness, and you ask them for forgiveness. You don't have to get in front of a crowd to do it. You don't have to make a big scene about it. But it is, you did your part. And if that person is not big enough person to, to um, move on, it's on them, not you. Verse 11 again. She said, No man, Lord. And Jesus said unto her, Neither do I condemn thee. He didn't condemn her. He forgave her. Why did he forgive her? Because Jesus cares. He could have stoned her. He could have killed her. He could have called that group back. Hey guys, come on back. Come on back. Bring your stones. Put this woman down. No. No. But unlike many of us, he forgave. I've heard people. I've invited people to church and they say, You have no idea the things I've done. That roof would cave in if I came into that church. God doesn't want me there. Wrong. You don't know what I've done. I don't have to know what you've done. Jesus knows what you've done. Are you sorry? If you are, ask forgiveness. Now look, and this is a thing that gets brought up a lot, and I, I dealt with this as a youth pastor. God will forgive you of your sins. The church, the family, should forgive you of your sins. But here's the thing. Certain things you will pay for. If um, you've killed someone, you're going to go to jail more than likely. If you've stolen from someone, you're going to pay for that. If you've done something bad and broken the law, you will pay for it. Now, here's the thing. I use this as an example. If you uh, went to jail because you stole from your company, that you, the company you worked for, you can't be upset that we don't let you take up the offering or we don't let you take, uh, count, the money at, the count the offering at the end of the service. One, we're not going to put you in a position to fail. Two, we're not going to, because if something goes missing, you may have nothing to do with it, but you're going to get blamed for it. And just like my story, um, a number of years ago, before I started teaching the youth, I uh, there was a teenage girl that helped and she grew into you know an adult. And um, she had had battles with drugs and battles with the law. And uh, she started coming back to church, and what we would do, and we usually had to pull teeth to get people to help us in children's church. Um, She wanted to sign up and help, and I could not allow that to happen, because she had recently been arrested for drugs. Okay? And a lot of people like to say, well, that's judging, and here's the thing, no, I have to look out for those kids If you just got arrested a month earlier, I'm sorry, you're not going to be working in my youth group. And people would get offended by that. And people would call me all kinds of things. And people say, well, you're running off people from church. Sometimes you have to do that. It's not being judgmental. It's just doing the right thing. If you um, are sorry, you will go a long time without getting in trouble. And then we can talk. But I, as a youth pastor, had an obligation to those children and to their families that they were in a safe um, environment. And here's the other thing. How would you like if you came down and saw, say that you saw that the girl had been arrested on Facebook or whatever, um, would you want your children in there? No, so you might quit coming, and then, then that family quits coming to church, and you lose them. So there are some tough decisions that have to be made, but you do it out of love. You don't do it out of judging, I mean, out of being judgmental. Okay, and that's the trouble with a lot of churches today. All right. Continue verse 11. She said, No man, Lord, and Jesus sent her, neither do I condemn thee. Jesus forgave her. And soon Jesus was going to die for her. And soon Jesus was going to die for you, and Jesus, Jesus was going to die for me. He pardoned her. And just like he pardoned her, he can pardon you, he can pardon me. We've all sinned, we've all come short of the glory of God. We have all done things that we regret. We need to ask forgiveness. Can Now we're going to end the, with... Now a lot of pastors, a lot of people end this message, in this story with these words. Woman, where are the lines of community Accusers, hath no man condemned thee? She said, no man, Lord. And Jesus said unto her, neither do I condemn thee. Go. A lot of people end it right there. And it bugs the crap out of me. Because you need to finish those last four words in the verse. The last four words that Jesus spoke in this story. The last four words in red. Jesus said, and sin no more. So the last five words, go and sin no more. Here's the trouble with a lot of people today. We don't want to tell people to go and sin no more. We don't want to be told to go and sin no more. We want forgiveness without having done anything to to deserve it. Well, here's the thing. We can never do enough to deserve forgiveness from Jesus. But thankfully, He died for us. And when we asked Him into our hearts and admitted that we were sinners, He forgave us. He said, go and sin no more. He didn't say, go and keep doing what you're doing. Go and that sin's not that bad. Go and uh, keep doing what you you know. He didn't say that, no. Go and sin no more. Let me ask you this. Married people, people with boyfriends or girlfriends, let me ask you this. If that person cheated on you and you forgave them, wouldn't you hope that they wouldn't do it again? So how do you think Jesus feels when he forgives you of your sin and we constantly do it? After he's made it clear, go and sin no more. 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 Jesus made it pretty clear. What part of that don't we get? Jesus expects us to listen. Why don't we? Just remember you aren't of this world once you're a Christian. You're just passing through. And in in closing, we need to ask ourselves this. When dealing with people who have done wrong, when dealing with people who have committed sins differently than us, when dealing with people like that, we need to ask ourselves this. WWJD, what would Jesus do? Would Jesus pull them, the sinners in front of a crowd and condemn them? No. Would Jesus pull those people in front of a crowd and have them stoned? No. When they ask for forgiveness, He forgives them. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth on Him should not perish, but would have everlasting life. He is without sin. Cast the first stone. Neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin no more. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for giving us when we didn't deserve it. So, like I said, in closing, when you deal with someone this week that will be so easy to judge, when it will be so easy to throw stones at, when it will be so easy to um, make you feel bad, just remember what Jesus did. Because Jesus had every right in the world to judge that lady. And he didn't. Jesus had every right in the world to to stone her. And he didn't. He forgave her. Father, I pray that the words that you wanted spoken came out of me. I pray that this touched someone. Lord, it burdened me. Lord, there was a couple times where things started coming to my mind. Lord, forgive me of my sins. Lord, forgive me for the things that I've done and continue to do. Lord, I have struggles. Lord, everybody that's listening to this has struggles, and I just pray that you be with them. Lord, please be with all my Facebook friends, my Twitter followers, my family, my close friends. Everybody, Lord, be with everybody that's going through something. Lord, please be with all those that are sick, all those that are battling this virus. Please be with our first responders. Please be with our president and our leaders. Please be with our country, Lord. Please be with all those that are sick. Please be with all those that have lost loved ones. Be with all the pastors that are going to be bringing messages tomorrow. Lord, thank you for forgiving me. Because I didn't deserve it. Please be with all the prayer requests I I forgot to mention, Lord. And thank you for your forgiveness. Help me this week, Lord, when I'm no doubt confronted with with someone who uh, it would be so easy to judge, Lord, I pray that you will give me the strength not to and to remember that only you can judge them, Lord. I love you. I thank you. I pray the right people hear this message in Jesus' holy name. And I pray if there's anyone listening to this, Lord, that doesn't know you, they'll come to know you before it's too late. In Jesus' name, amen.